Hello and welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex, a podcast from metro.co.uk. <laughs> it's, it's a bit like, it's, hang on, it's a bit like going fishing, but we, we, we use master bait. We've mastered the bait. We've got master bait. <laughs> We're wanking. We're having a fish and a wank at the same time. <laughs> Hey, on Miranda. Miranda. The joke Miranda. was in there Miranda. somewhere. Yes. Why why do you think you're like this? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think happened? For God's sake, my name is BB Lynch. <laughs> I'm Miranda Kane. And who the fuck are we traumatizing today? <laughs> today we are gonna be talking to a relationship and dating coach, which I think frankly is just no, what I, we don't need. Need I don't need it. I don't need it. Uh, I protest um, and we're going to be talking we're going to be talking about mask fishing what? <laughs> exactly uh, Hi I'm Sarah Louise Bryan and I make love happen for a living I'm a relationship expert dating coach and international matchmaker Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sarah Louise Ryan, relationship expert, dating coach, international matchmaker. And we, and we have dared, we have had the audacity to get to interrupt her daily life to come on and talk about mask fishing. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Well, uh- <laughs> First of all, there's there's nothing you can teach me about dating. (laughs) There's There's nothing you can teach me about relationships. Nothing. Maybe you could teach me a few things. (laughs) Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Why don't you start off by telling me what the hell mark fishing... What is it called? Mark fishing. Mask fishing. Mask. 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 Mask Mask. Mask fishing. If, yeah, if you're from Manchester, where I'm from, we say mask fishing. Oh, <laughs> so, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> no, I, I literally just heard about this term two days ago and I thought, what is it about the urban dictionary that needs to add more terrible phrases to modern dating as it's already a bit of a minefield? And um, yes, more than happy to answer that mask or mask fishing is basically um a a term it's either in a positive or negative stance depending on uh, the circumstances that it's in where somebody is attracted to somebody they're wearing a mask and then when they take the mask off perhaps they are in a social bubble who knows um they find that they are not attracted to them so that is uh, in one instance it's just chemistry you've got it or you don't um attraction you have it or you don't However, the other stance um, or take on mask fishing is that people, um, there are certain people using uh, apps or social media who are kind of removing all photographs of themselves where they are not covered up over the face and, you know, the, the, the nose and the mouth and all of that stuff. Mm. And they are trying to actually mislead or hide their identity or not show up as their full selves. And so somebody took it upon themselves to dub it mask fishing, <laughs> not to be confused with cat fishing yeah. and, <laughs> and um, create and dub it that and put it in the urban dictionary and then tell the whole world that 
the dating scene needs a new term and here we are a new term oh my god it's so (laughs) i mean where do you even start like what are people hoping to achieve by taking all their other pictures off and just having a picture of of, of their mask like are they genuinely just like trying to hide it from the missus or something like well there's a few different kind of takes on it one is that it's kind of attractive that somebody comes across as a humanitarian uh you know kind of <laughs> really you know, that supporting covid in such uh, a way of sorry supporting the slow of covid not covid itself in such a way that they are um you know really trying to uh write home about how they sh- they don't go anywhere without a mask and and this is who they are they are a humanitarian or yeah. um that they are really trying to hide who who they are perhaps they've got something to hide or they are insecure, not showing up as their most confident selves or their full selves at all uh, by hiding half of their face and and going from there. But who would swipe right or up and down, which way it is these days? Who would swipe right on somebody who has a mask on and you can't see their face for safety reasons? I'll never know. Because it, at some point you're going to have to take it off, aren't you? You know, Maybe like not. We, we might, <laughs> Maybe it's a blue birthmark. <laughs> Ah, a tattoo. Just a tattoo. <laughs> just, I just think dating so complicated yeah. as it is. There are so many, you know, options to meet people. I guess what people aren't really getting out there meeting IRL anymore, <laughs> or as much as they were. So mm. why, why are people making it even more complicated unless they have something to hide? I understand what the, the other take on it where it's, you know, you've been on a date with someone, they take their mask off and you find that you're not attracted to them. Well, that's just, you know, our makeup, isn't it? We are either drawn into somebody physically in the mm-hmm. first instance anyway, and then we're stimuli- stimulated by their, their brain thereafter, or um, we're not. And so I, I do get that, um, you know, that can be a thing, but the actual showing up online on dating apps, wearing a mask and hiding half of yourself is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Ridiculousness. Yeah. Just don't do it. But isn't there their app that I quite like that idea of um, you fall for someone's personality and their brain and whatever else, their, their morals and their politics over their looks. And there's an app, isn't there? What we were talking about it, Mary, that you kind of, the face isn't, you know, just isn't revealed. It's everything else about you. But yeah, this just seems a bit bloody weird. People are weird. Would you wear a mask during sex? I would. <laughs> oh, I mean, your your kink might not be my kink, but I'm not judging your kink. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very diplomatic. I feel answer. like yeah, I feel like uh, your fingers were crossed when you said that. How, <laughs> how, how would you breathe? I, I mean, wouldn't. Sure. I wouldn't wear a bloody mask. In I'm, I'm wearing it in co-op. I'm wearing it walking down the yes. pavement. I'm not wearing it in B-buys sexy times. I think I'm, context is key. What kind of mask are we talking about? Like, <laughs> is it one of them full horse head masks? Is it one oh, of Margaret Thatcher? Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there's a lot of different types. I'm of really it. claustrophobic. I can't have anything that's, that's too much. <laughs> well, um, I was also thinking what kind of, you know, sexual intercourse is it? Because if it's so, if you if you can breathe just fine, then it might be a lot of lovemaking, you know? It depends oh, on the context oh. of sex. Miranda and I prefer to call it lovemaking especially when we're together (laughs) (laughs) my basic attitude towards dating now is to put on my profile that I'm just looking for a willing volunteer now is that is that wrong 
You're just looking for a willing boss. No, never settle. Never settle for less than you deserve. And if you know that person hasn't come in, come along yet, you know the people that you've you've met, they just weren't your door to open. I just believe that life is so short. We're almost four then. Life is so short <laughs> yeah. that we should just live our most incredible life today, yesterday, tomorrow, and just don't ever settle for less than real connection, real love, like 360 degree intimacy of the mind, body, soul. If we're settling, then what, what are we, you know, what are we here for? We only get one life. Oh, you can swear as much as you want to, by the way. We don't fucking care. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's not big brother. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) It's fine. Say as much fucking bugger as you want. That's all we're about. It's a sex (laughs) podcast. Why are all these things happening? Like, it just seems we've got such a massive overload of all these terms and all these new dating fads. What is going on? Well, I'm thinking that at this time, this in this surreal time that we're in, people mm. just have too much time on their hands to think. And that's that can be a good thing or a bad thing. You know, it's great to be introspective, to take stock and think about what you want and what you don't want and all of that jazz, like in life, in love, in the bedroom, whatever it is, whatever tickles your pickle. And mm. um, how however, um it also has, you know, it's a double-edged sword where people have too much time on their hands that they're coming up with these awful terms that are not serving anybody. It's like, we do not need a term like that. We can just acknowledge that somebody wasn't confident or comfortable enough to show up as their full self. And that is that. Then when they take off their mask, that's really quite simple too. Mm. I think, um, it's just a fun thing for some journalists to write about right now. <laughs> when all, all, we're, all we're getting is, is really dreary, really negative news and updates on the world as it stands. Yeah. So I guess when dating terms are dubbed and the Urban Dictionary publishes them, then people just want to talk about it. It's something fun to laugh at and all of that stuff. But yeah. I reckon take it with a pinch of salt. <laughs> And what do you have advice for anyone at the moment in these weird times? Do you ha- have you found anything? We're now what, like four or five months in. Yeah. Have you found any sort of solid advice that that you you could give to people? So, do you mean for those who are single or those in relationships that are locked down together or apart? What? Ooh, let's start with the singles first. That's um, me. For, for singles, I would say just if you're on those swiping apps. Do get on a video date as quickly as possible. Pour yourself a glass of wine or a cup of tea or whatever, you know, tickles your fancy. And just have real conversations with real people in this time. What I've read is that singles who are searching for love or starting their dating journey and just figuring out who they are and what they want are really showing up as their most authentic selves because they're just like, actually, I've taken so much stock of myself this year and I life is too short I'm not gonna play dating games I've seen a lot less games around dating actually a lot I'm hearing a lot less of you know messing each other around and just real connection at the moment which is really exciting oh wow how come it's taken a pandemic just to get real connection because we've gone through this whole internet bubble of people of ghosting and zombieing and all that thing so like yeah I reckon it's just kind of really uh shaken uh people to their core around you know how fragile life really is and what they mm. really want and also it's I've been in the dating industry for 10 years now working as a matchmaker and what I have found in 
you know, in kind of a trend, so to speak, is that when we uh, experience a, a space or a place of adversity, we we experience people trying to forge deeper connections. So there's a peak in singles looking for love in uh, political ad- adversity, economic adversity. And now in a world pandemic, we have seen more people signing up for uh, self-discovery on coaching or looking for connections or, or for matchmaking and all of that stuff. And, you know, we saw it, you know, when, when conversations with Brexit came around, saw it, you know, a long time ago when we were in a, you know, recovering from an economic crash. And now we're in, you know... We're in all, all three, th- all, all at once. <laughs> we're in all three, all at once. And people are just really taking stock and just like, no more games, haven't got time for this. My relationship's mm-hmm. not working out or my current circumstances around dating aren't serving me and I'm not happy and I want to find somebody or create the dating journey that will make me happy. And it's actually so refreshing. I thought... I'm going to hang up my matchmaking hat. I work in the offline space and connect people in real life. How can I physically do that when um, we're in a world pandemic and we're in lockdown? And I just thought, that's it. The business is done. Like, you know, I see it as a vocation. I love what I do so much um, rather than just a profession. And actually, we saw a massive surge in inquiries and I was blown away. Absolutely. How has your approach changed? How do you match? How did you match make before and hopefully after compared to what you're doing now? Well, I guess we because I love what I do so much, and so did the team. We decided to lift all of our fees, and BBC picked it up. We just decided to call it mission free matchmaking. You know, uh, 2020 is shit enough. Like, if we really love what we do, let's put our money where our mouth is and let's just help people connect on Zoom and let's get to know them and let's call it mission-free matchmaking and see who signs up and, you know, and match them on their values, their interests and, no. you know, curating conversation. And so uh, journalists have picked it up and before we knew it, we were on BBC Radio 5 Live and we are getting like 100 inquiries a day for uh. people... for people just wanting to um, connect inquiries from Australia, even someone in India as well, (laughs) Um, you know, um, across the States and the UK. And then after that, so we kind of did that for a month and then we started to um, create a low cost package where we'd set people up on on Zoom dates and we'd do that consistently. And then we're now starting... um, matchmaking again because certain places in the UK people can meet we can't do any international stuff right now but um we're we're trying our best so actually we really just changed it we removed any business model there was and just (laughs) did what we were supposed to do and what it says on the tin so yeah yeah, really interesting (sighs) really fun actually did you meet a a, like a whole new different audience because like you know because I mean it's different for people who are happy to go on free things compared to the people who are trying to you know who who will pay for a, a service like yours I guess yeah did you, did you sort of like learn from what people were like in different ways or um saw a massive surge in uh kind of key worker applications oh. and, yeah because I guess they were seeing a lot of doom and gloom and working their socks off living um you know a very full-on life in a fragile time and then when they were having downtime we were getting applications from you know people that that provide 
the data to doctors, to nurses, and it just almost felt like it was the right thing to do and the you know worlds collided in, in oh. a really nice way oh gosh look romantic hey <laughs> <laughs> oh rainbow mantic no rainbow romantic oh, I don't just I'm just imagining your it. little yeah your little office with all the little we heart NHS that's why we're gonna set you up <laughs> well, do you know what when you say oh did you did you attract you know a different kind of clientele or a different pool of people that you wouldn't normally meet and um, because we had so many inquiries and we were very vocal about that, we actually got so many people offering to volunteer to <sighs> to learn how to match make to it's oh. basically just really good people skills and and really you know learning about values and wants and and all of that stuff and bringing people yeah. together based on that. And we we did take on a team of volunteer matchmakers as well. Oh. Some people had applied for it. Really I volunteer cool. as tribute. I volunteer as tribute. If there is anything I want to do, I, it's matchmake. I want to know how to matchmake. What is what is it you're looking for? Like, because uh, I don't know, is matchmaking an, an intrinsic thing? Is it something that just comes to you or, or is there something that you can teach people? Um, I think you have to be an incredible listener. And I mean, not, you know, like actively listening like to the, the small details. And I think um, somebody asked me this question yesterday, actually. What does it take to make a really good match? It's like, well, I'm ever a realist, actually. I mean, everyone thinks that I am a romantic, but I actually think that love isn't enough. And I think lifestyles have to have to be compatible, I think. Mm-hmm. And goals have to be compatible. Non-negotiables have to be taken into consideration because once we, you know, we should meet somebody romantically in the middle and be at the same table and on the same page as them all the time. However, we should never compromise ourselves and, and our own integrity for what we need. And so whilst I believe that you should bring people together that you think could be compatible, and if they fall in love, great, but logistically you have to take into mm. consideration location, lifestyle, wants. I mean, you can't match somebody who, you know, wants to lie and binge on the sofa and watch Netflix <laughs> all weekend with somebody that's like climbing mountains every two days, like... <laughs> You know, and yeah. I do know these people. <laughs> so, you know, exactly. What questions or what answers would you recommend people then should write on their profile? What sort of details? Are, are there like three basic details, three or four basic details that people should write on their profile then in order to find their uh, a, a partner? Oh, well, that's interesting. I think that not just about connecting with the right people, because people, you know, when they go online dating, they think it's about quality, uh, sorry, quantity matches. And that's kind Mm. of like, for lack of a better term, it's like paradox of choice where we think, you know, like more is better. Um, But I always think it's like the grass is greener on the next swipe because singles are like looking, oh, well, he or she looks great. Um, now I'd like to just know who's on the other side, just in case, you know, just to see. Um, so I think sieving out those who aren't compatible with you is just as important. And, uh, I I used dating apps a few years ago before I met my partner and I was really direct and it served me well. I did meet my partner on a dating app because (laughs) I couldn't date my my clients, you know. Would you have? Was there one person? Was there a person there that you think, oh, I could, I would? I mean, I I I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So I actually wrote on my dating profile, um looking for a partner, not a pen pal. And so, nice. 
and it might seem direct and it might have turned the wrong person, uh, turned some people off, but I know that I'm a direct person and they would have been, you know, not my door to open anyway. And yeah. I think I listed my hobbies, but also kept it quite soft as well. Cause I'm quite feminine, even though I'm direct and people think, Oh, you know, alpha means like not um, soft or feminine or whatever. And um, so I was just like, you know, love reggae and Sunday mornings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as, as much as I love to read and then I listed the books that I'd recently read and the countries that I traveled to. And then I obviously didn't list my profession. I'm sure it would have been just hard. <laughs> <laughs> You're there fishing for business. I know. I know. I was looking for love. Oh, because oh, oh. you're you, you're not born. So you had a a background in uh, in journalism, was it? Yes. I'm sure. So a- when I graduated in international marketing, um, mm. and I adapted it to the fashion industry, and I moved from Manchester to London to write about fashion, and I was going to. I was going to fashion week and I was like um, the PA and a journalist for an editor of a magazine. And I had my own lifestyle blog and all of that kind of stuff. And then I was like, this is effing boring. Where are the people that, 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 where are the people that want to talk about the real stuff and that want to, want to really connect and what, what am I doing here? I mean, I've, I've, I've done a degree, I've adapted it to the fashion industry. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'll move to London and be Victoria Beckham. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'll run a fashion empire and I'll write about it all the time. And then when I got into the fashion industry, I was like, this is not for me. I'm, you know, I like real people. I'm Mancunian, very down to earth. And I want to have real conversations about anything. And then I just was on a Google search and I found a little thumbnail this small when Google ads ads were only down the side of the page. Ah, Yes. And I saw Seeking Junior Matchmaker um, (sighs) in Mayfair. So went along, had a uh, interview with the guy who owned this matchmaking agency. um, And he was just like, yeah, we sat there for six hours in my interview chatting about no. how we're gonna, yeah what we're gonna do how we're gonna do more events I mean what what do you think and I was just so all in I mean I'm kind of all or nothing anyway <laughs> <laughs> you don't say <laughs> I already want to be your best friend we've been talking to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm just an all or nothing kind of girl <laughs> and like because you do a whole range of things it's not just matchmaking but heartbreak recovery oh my god oh, Tell wow. me heartbreak recovery. <clears throat> okay so in uh, before I met my now partner in 2016 I was in a uh, I was running a, a, a different matchmaking agency then, Global lived, lived around the world, you know, traveling a lot. I was with a partner for seven and a half years. And basically, um, I went through my own ghosting where, you know, uh-huh. one day we had a home together. He just decided that he was done and didn't <sighs> didn't come home. And I, as a female um, in the dating industry, I'm already in an industry that's dominated by men, you know, that run mm. apps and create websites and tech and all of that. And I already felt, I'm, I've been doing this for almost a decade and I've been, you know, I'm in my thirties. So I was in my twenties running my own business, you know, just freaking out, feeling all that female imposter syndrome or imposter syndrome anyway. Yeah. Um, and then I experienced my own ghosting with my partner. I thought, well, what, 
what the F do I know about matchmaking and putting kind of with professionals together when I can't even see what's going on in my own relationship. And so I'm a creative as much as I am a, I guess, strategist for the dating industry. And all I, all I could do was write. I was like, how am I going to get up and go to work today and, you know, sell hope and faith in love when actually I didn't see what was going on on my own doorstep. And I, and I, I, I like to share authenticity and my vulnerability and I just put it out there to the world. I was like, guys, I'm not okay, hun. And here's, <laughs> here's, here's what happened, you know, and I, and I wrote about it and it had like three and a half thousand readers a day. Um, and I created like a, a little book out of it and it was just called the 30 days of heartbreak. And I just thought there's got to be some other people going out there, uh, out there in the world who experience their own ghosting of, um, you know, and I, I heard so many stories, you know, people that had left marriages, uh, a guy had left, uh, left his wife with yay and the children. And I had such an outpouring of people that really resonated with the story that I say that it loved me back to life by sharing it. Um, Mm. And I then started a a business called The Heartbreak Coach and that was helping, you know, I I really connected with that at the time. I I don't run that anymore because Mm. the whole overarching um, coaching business is called Love Lessons and that helps me, um, well, sorry, I help other people strategize their way forward in relationships and dating in general. So it's not just about heartbreak. It's about the lessons we've learned from loving or, or, or losing love. And so we, it was like a, a complete rebrand, but yeah, that was, that was definitely a thing in 2016 and then had to kind of pave my way forward. And, and I did that just by sharing every day yeah. what I was going through. And it it was really refreshing actually. I've never done anything like that in my life. <laughs> I think that's really that's also really refreshing to to know about as as someone who like be interested in a matchmaker because you know your life isn't perfect when you you know it's not about like well is the matchmaker going out with someone or married to someone or whatever it's you know you're the person on the outside that's that can see what two need to do to get together and using your life experience and your own vulnerability can help that yeah and I just think that I don't I don't put people together with rose tinted glasses. I understand yeah. the intricacies and the and the hurdles that life can throw at us, total curveballs, and it's how we deal with it. And it's, you know, I now ask questions that I wouldn't have done maybe eight to ten years ago. I'm asking people, okay, so your marriage broke down and now you're looking to find love again. What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about what you're willing to accept? What did you learn about what you're not willing to accept? What what was lacking? or what was fulfilling you. And let's talk about those things and let's work on them because Mm. they're important to take forward to find a love that lasts and not just, you know, it's that idea that people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Well, you must have taken something for the reason or the season. So let's work on the next stage. So that's my kind of philosophy. Uh, And I guess I'm far more challenging these days. (laughs) (laughs) She says with such a grin. Oh, I'm so challenging. So challenging. <laughs> <laughs> In what way? Like, is it, is it towards? Is it towards you? I guess towards your clients rather than just yeah, like. Yeah, I'm, know, I'm, at a I'm restaurant. not willing to just. I'm not. Oh yes, not at a restaurant. And <laughs> um, no, I just mean you know. 10 years ago, I would have sat there with my little black book in my early 20s, just asking. I, I don't know. Oh, a guy. Let's say um, a pilot. I meet the craziest, most wonderful, amazing people. Tell me what you're looking for. Okay, I'll go and find it. But now I'm like, 
why do you, why are you looking for that? Oh. Well, um, well, uh, well, you know, or if I have a woman that says to me, I've got a really specific type, here's my shopping list, let me show you my type. And I'll say, well, your type didn't work so far. So let's yeah. look at what didn't work. Let's look at what you are actually looking for. I guess I'm, uh, I'm far more of a conversationalist now about matchmaking and how people, helping people, you know, pave the way rather mm. than just taking their shopping list and saying, actually, let me see if I can find it. Because what I found from that is, you know, I'm, I'm here to set people up for, for success in love and for dating. I'm not here to just say, yes, I can deliver that. And I'm also, I have a responsibility for running a company with a, a good reputation to, to manage those expectations and to be able to deliver. And if I can't, mm. I just can't take them on as clients. I yeah. mean, if you're looking for like George Clooney and <laughs> he has to speak eight languages and also be willing to move to Singapore, I mean, well, <laughs> let's talk uh, about it. <laughs> That, that all comes under willing volunteer. That's that's what I meant. That's what I meant. How did I? How did I? I wasn't that clear. Thank you so much. Where can people? If we we might be about to go into another lockdown, where can people get more information? Oh, you can find me at loveconnectionsglobal.com. Uh, if you're looking for matchmaking, or if you want a bit of dating advice, or any of that jazz, you can go to sarahlouisevine.com, and we'll be in touch. Thanks very much to our guest, Sarah Louise Ryan. What do you think? You're going to be giving mask fishing the go, BB? I think anything that improves my odds. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> I'm up for it. You know me. I like to, I like to follow the rules. I'm happy yeah. to mask fish. I still don't quite know what it means, but I'm happy to do it. My name is BB Lynch. <laughs> I'm Miranda Kane. Good Sex, Bad Sex was produced by Juliet Nichols for Metro.co.uk. You can get in touch with us on Twitter. And if you're going to have a profile picture, make sure it's your full face, not just your eyes. Uh, at Good Sex, Bad Sex with a triple X at the end. And also if you have a sex question or query or topic you'd like us to cover, get in touch at info at sexpod.co.uk. And hopefully, God willing, if there's a God, we will see you next week. We'll see all of you. See all of you. All, all of, of you. you. All of you. <laughs>